Hey, everyone, and thanks for taking a moment out of your day to join us on another episode of AUSU Open Mic. We are your Athabasca University Students Union, and we represent over 38,000 AU undergraduate students who are proud to call AU home. My name is Jody Campbell, and I'm the executive director here at AUSU. And today I'm joined by some amazing members of our AUSU team. Firstly, I'd like to welcome our AUSU president, Stacey Hutchings, who is uh, virtually joining us from Calgary, Alberta. We also have Natalia Ivanik, who is our VP Community and Wellness, and virtually uh, joining us from Mississauga, Ontario. And lastly, we have our Governance and Advocacy Coordinator, and I will also say podcast extraordinaire, Duncan <laughs> Witasik. Uh, welcome to today's podcast, everyone. Yeah, I'm excited to be here. Hey, everybody. And, uh, and we've got, every, we pretty much have the span of, uh, well, at least I guess, well, I'll say from Alberta to Ontario. So how are things out in uh, Ontario, Natalia? Um, it looks kind of cloudy and humid. So kind of what the summer has been so far. Right. I, I always love how, uh, you know, there's not too many meetings that we start that we don't talk about the weather first. <laughs> Just seems to be like, okay, look out your window and is it sunny or smoky or hot in your case, eh, Natalia? All the time. That's a universal yeah, exactly. topic, right, Jody? Like everybody experiences weather. And, and let's be honest, I mean, not going to speak for, for Stacy or for Natalia, but it's been weird weather this summer here in Edmonton. Hotter than it's mm -hmm. ever been. Smoky, not ideal. <laughs> and you know what? Here as well, you know, we usually have hot summers and the summer has been pretty rainy and just kind of, not really like a summer. I think you guys have been getting all the rain that the West needs. I yeah. know that, uh, yeah, my folks are out in BC and they could certainly use some, some rain out there. So speaking of summer, um, how have you guys been doing? Uh, I know I'm thinking about, uh, you know, Stacy uh, and Natalia, you guys have been uh, hard at work here uh, with much of your executive duties, but uh, you know, are you guys taking courses right now? Uh, what have you been doing over the summertime, Stace? Yeah, I took a, I took one AU course, um, computer and management systems, um, two forty five. Uh, it's a it's a it's a course that kind of goes over Excel and, and Word and, and PowerPoint, and highly recommended if you're looking for a quick course, a good GPA booster. Nice. Other, yeah. Other than that, um, I've been doing a lot of math. Um, I, I recently Wait, um, am good. <laughs> I know. I've been doing exactly. math. So I, I, I'm, I'm going to be doing a graduate diploma in business administration, and uh, you need to know uh, up to grade 12 math. And I never actually took grade 12 math. And so uh, I, I'm going forward and, and trying to get all that in. Um, and hopefully it'll be okay so far. It's like riding a bike. Uh, yeah, I, I slowly going through the math concepts. And I'm like, oh, yeah, I kind of remember this. But it's been, it's been years since I've actually done math like this. I have a feeling, although it is like riding a bike, I think if I actually had to jump on my grade 12 math bike again, it would feel more like a unicycle. Like I would be all over the map, like not knowing what to do. Yeah. Similar. Yeah. 100%. Like how to even like how to divide a fraction. I'm like, I know, <laughs> I, I know I used to know how to do that. So it's like, it's yeah. all those, like, like, you know, those concepts that you learned years and years ago, and then you thought you'd never actually use it. And then here I am needing it again so i guess maybe those math teachers were right eventually so. you will need it 
Well, I'm feeling anxiety just trying to remember how to divide fractions. So Natalia, let's go over to you. What, what have you been doing? Have you, are you taking on any coursework this summer? Um, yeah, you know what? I've been trying to relax, but I guess A students don't really take breaks, right? So um, I've, I've been working on courses. I just literally just completed um, Political Science 342, which is comparative politics and um, English 308, which was indigenous literatures. Um, nice. They were both, yeah, like they were both absolutely fantastic. And it was just a, sem a semester I was kind of, you know, sad to see go because, mm. you know, it's nice when you really enjoy the courses. And I just went into um, another political science about digital politics and um, English 393. So, yeah, there, there's no break for me, obviously. <laughs> Well, and Natalia, you just brought something up that I think is probably reflective of a lot of AU students. Um, like how many students are actually taking the summer off? Is that a typical thing for AU students? Like, obviously, I, you guys have just listed off, you know, a handful of courses that you're taking. Um, is an AU summer different than a typical summer? I think definitely, you know, even if you just look through social media and our AU app, it's questions about courses. Everyone's working hard. And yeah, I think it's a very different experience. You know, AU students are typically working, you know, just like us, we're working and we're doing courses as well. So, you know, it would be nice to have a summer, but sometimes just not possible. Yeah, exactly. Um, I know that uh, many restrictions are kind of lightening up over the summer here across the country. Um, hopefully you guys have been able to also sort of get out, see some family and maybe go camping. Um, Stacy, have you guys been able to get out with you and your family? Uh, not a whole lot, but we did, we did go to Stampede. Um, we went early in the day before it got busy. And so it was nice to just get out of the house after a year and a half of being in the house and, and being around um, different foods and um, being able yeah. to watch like a to watch the it was like a toned down rodeo but just to be able to watch something and it was it was nice um, and and it was it was a good time yeah start to create some memories with your family again eh? mm -hmm. yeah what about you Natalia I remember there was a there was a point where you were trying to get away and then it didn't work out for you how was was that sort of a, a camping nightmare or how did things go for you yeah, you know, I, I've been pretty much in isolation kind of since the pandemic started, but um, once the restrictions were a bit lifted, I decided to go out, you know, into the bush away from people and maybe get some camping and then it just poured the entire time. So I came home and then I tried it again and it happened <laughs> again. So I just came back to work and it is not the summer for me, obviously. Oh, that's funny. Just enough time for your stuff to dry out, eh? Yeah. Well, that's great. And I think, I think it does just kind of show, you know, AU students have a lot on the go, um, you know, whether it's work, you know, family, and then also trying to squeeze in a, apparently a math course every once in a while. So um, I think that it's just, you guys are probably a pretty good reflection of everybody's experience. And so um, the other thing that we wanted to highlight as well, and, and Stacy, uh, we always like to, you know, celebrate when we can. And and you actually had a graduation recently. Do you want to tell us a little bit about that? Yeah, I finished my program, um, uh, Bachelor of Arts in Law and Society. 
And uh, so I finished the last course for that one uh, this summer. And so I think the graduation's later on in the year, but yeah, I've done all the courses for my undergrad, which is kind of, it's insane. It's been a busy five years, but as you heard, I'm looking on to the next, the next part of this journey. And so I guess I got the bit of a school bug in me still. Yeah, and yeah. Uh, yeah. Um, and so, yeah, it's, it's, it's good. I, I'm really, I'm happy to be done this milestone, but I, I was surprisingly sad when it was done. Um, I didn't realize that I would feel that way. Um, and I don't know why I think it's just the end of like a really long journey and, and it was such a, a good one. And I was feeling, yeah, like, a. I don't know if it's something a lot of students maybe experience, but I'm feeling good now that I'm like onto the next part, but there was a moment there where I was like, Oh, that's it. <laughs> so. Well, yeah. congratulations. And I, I know, you know, anytime you come to the, to an end, whether it's graduation or the end of any type of goal or objective, uh, you know, that's a real milestone mm -hmm. experience. So uh, congratulations. Yeah. Thank you. So Duncan, what about you? I mean, you're, uh, you're in downtown Edmonton along with myself mm -hmm. and, uh, how's summer been for you, bud? Hot, but otherwise good. Uh, it's my, it's my first summer with, without my kids. Uh, they, they, they have now all moved out. Uh, Congratulations. Oh, thank you. Thank you. This is the, another milestone. On it is. USU Open it Life. is. But yeah, it's been good, hot, uh, leisurely, um, <laughs> gotten together with family because uh because as you guys mentioned at the top of the show the the restrictions are are lessening here in Edmonton and in Alberta so I, I got to see my dad and my my extended family and so that was good yeah it's awesome my wife and I had the opportunity to get into the mountains a little bit too so uh we certainly missed that and got some nature in our in our system again um you know obviously the summer brings along a lot of different things and of course there's still work involved and uh, Stacy and Natalia, as part of the executive team, one of the things that we focus on quite a bit over the summer is developing an executive work plan. Uh, that work plan is something that is approved by council and basically lays out a lot of the uh, number of various projects and initiatives that we take on throughout the year. Um, you know, as through that process, um, I just wanted to get your take on um, sort of what was that process like and are there certain things within your work plans uh, that you're really excited about for the year? And, and maybe Stacy will go to you and then we'll go over to Natalia second. Yeah, the, the process, the work plan process, it's, it's quite, it's quite all encompassing. I would say for a few months where we, we sit and we work out what the priorities are for the year. And then we, we uh, try to, to figure out how do we, one, like what's a priority and then how do we accomplish that? And then it's a document that we've put together and we'll be bringing to council for official approval in September. Um, and so that's a very exciting and, and members will be able to go on the website after it's been approved and, and check it out. Uh, I would say for me personally, um, the project that I'm, or the, the thing, the project that I'm most excited about is um, working with the Canadian Alliance of Students Associations, which is our federal advocacy partner. And uh, I I was elected onto their board as treasurer. And so I'm thrilled to be able to bring the AU uh, lens to that, that uh, partner, um, to be able to just uh, make sure that, um, you know, what makes AU learners unique is, is something that's considered and brought forward when it comes to our national advocacy efforts. And so that is something that I, I feel 
very excited to be able to do because I know that, uh, you know, we have members from all over Canada. And so it's a space where we're able to equitably advocate for all of our members at the same time. So that's, that's something I'm personally very excited about for this year. Yeah, good for you. I, I, I just absolutely love some of the work that you guys are doing within CASA. Um, we've had other executives uh, in the past that have uh, been heavily involved with those organizations. Anytime we have one of you that is on that board, uh, it certainly allows us the opportunity to really highlight the AU experience on a federal level more so uh, than uh, than in previous years. And so uh, good on you, Stacey, for stepping up into that leadership role within that organization, just because I know that, you know, AU is very much going to be highlighted slightly more so uh, because we have somebody uh, on the board and I'm sure the work that you've got planned for the year is going to be incredible. Yeah, it's, it's exciting. Um, it's busy time right now with the federal election just getting announced, but um, lots of plans coming down this year for advocacy federal federally. And so I, I think it's going to be a good year and especially for AU students to make sure that, you know, we're, we're represented when it comes to, um, to advocacy asks. We're not all, you know, 19 living at home, you know, and it's important that when, when, uh, when decision makers are thinking about who a student is, that they don't just focus on that kind of youth narrative. Yeah, yeah, I agree. Um, Natalia, for you, um, I guess when I think about you and kind of going through this, this process of developing the executive work plan, uh, last year, you came in halfway through the year and kind of missed out on this. And mm -hmm. in many ways, you sort of had to uh, take on a work plan that was developed by somebody else. And so curious just to see what was the process like for you, uh, not only developing your work plan for the year, but uh, again, uh, what are a few elements that are uh, going to be exciting for you? Um, well, coming in last year, you know, it just so happened that everything on the work plan, which was constantly Stacy's, um, was a lot of things that I was very passionate about. So mm -hmm. um, yeah, yeah. it really, it really did work out, even though the um, vice president of community and wellness is a brand new position in a way, it's kind of just an extension of the previous um, role I had as vice president of external and student affairs. So for this term, I've decided to continue and expand. Um, I'd say the majority of the equity, diversity, and inclusion work from last term, um, this term, I'm really looking forward to completing some policies and maybe documentation uh, for disabled students, chronically ill students, neurodiverse students, um, planning our first AUSC Pride Week in the fall, um, maybe focusing um, on documenting reasons for underrepresentation in student leadership positions and trying to address these. And then uh, it, I have a big work plan, obviously, <laughs> and I think, you know, it, it's a little overly ambitious, but I think I think that's the point, right? See, as if I can do as much as possible. And then I also am going to be busy chairing the EDI committee um, and also the student advisory committee, the member engagement and com uh, communications committee. Then I'm excited to start our virtual student socials back up after the summer, focusing on student mental health and seeing how the virtual food assistance program is doing. Just a few things, eh? Yeah, just just a little bit, like. <laughs> yeah, it's unreal. No big I mean, deal. 
uh, for our listeners, uh, this is the very first year that we've had a VP community in wellness. That's, um, you know, kind of just a slight twist on what we've had in the past, which is being under this student affairs umbrella. Um, so yeah, Natalia, you're, you know, whether it's talking about, um, representing some of those equity seeking groups or EDI or any of the initiatives that you've got on the go, uh, you've got a huge portfolio, no question. Uh, hopefully you can find some time to sleep too. Yeah, definitely. And, you know, we have a lot of great committees that we've expanded to include, um, more members at large. So it, it's going to be a lot of consultation and collaboration, which I think is absolutely fantastic. And I think all of us as a team are going to really do some great things. Well, and maybe this is a perfect segue into talking a little bit about uh, our EDI work and our EDI committee. Uh, and Natalia, you're the chair of that committee. Um, maybe just talk a little bit about some of the things that you're looking forward to uh, specifically regarding EDI and some of the objectives that you're uh, wanting to highlight today yeah it, it's super exciting and I think we've all been looking forward to this um, it's our largest committee with um, a lot more members at large than usual just to you know include as many voices and um, experiences as possible and this will be also um, the only committee that will have kind of a co-chair just to I guess bring you know, as many viewpoints as possible. Um, so first we're gonna be maybe um, working on refining last term's EDI policies, and then also providing input on a variety of initiatives that we have planned, um, including for disabled and 2SLGBTQIA plus students. Um, I do have obviously a few plans, but um, I kind of, for this committee, I kind of wanna keep it a fairly open to allow for member input and I think you know just because it's such a large committee a lot of the members will have input based on their lived experiences outside of the student leadership world and current council members which I think can definitely you know help strengthen our advocacy and our initiatives. Yeah 100 percent and you know you you mentioned that it was one of our more uh, uh, our larger committees uh, you're absolutely right. We've got eight individuals that are going to be uh, representing on that committee, and three of those are members at large. Um, one of the things that we've really tried to do here at AUSU is providing more opportunities for um, students at large to get involved, and whether that's getting involved with leadership uh, and running for council, or whether it's uh, more opportunities just to kind of dip their toe into the AUSU pool by, you know, being a member at large on a committee. Um, it's a really great way of getting involved and learning a little bit more about what's happening uh, both here within the Students' Union, but also within AU in general. So, um, Natalia, there's lots on the go. Uh, I think your work plan is amazing, and uh, we've got a lot, lot ahead of us, don't we? Definitely. Well, one of the other major things that we wanted to talk about today as well, and again, this is not only on our, on our executive work plans, but also one of the priorities here at AUSU is the development of our Indigenous Circle. And um, we're going to go over to uh, uh, both Duncan and Stacy and just get some thoughts on this. But this is another uh, major initiative uh, that we've been working on for just about a year now, uh, eventually getting to the point where uh, our Indigenous Circle has now been appointed. Uh, we have some amazing members on that group, and uh, we're going to be having their first meeting coming up as well. Uh, Duncan, I, I'll come over to you first and then maybe over to Stacy. But um, 
maybe just share a little bit about some of the objectives and sort of where we came, uh, how we got to where we are today. There's there's two places where we had noticed as an organization we were being called upon to speak on behalf of people with whom we 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 didn't have a strong relationship with, and that's our Indigenous students here at AUSU as well. I mean, the call is out there for all organizations to indigenize and to reflect upon the role that they play in society in, in ensuring that everybody has the opportunity for success and that the cultural traditions and culture in general are respected. So, so we had this thing of like, we need to internally indigenize as well as we are being called upon by the outside world. That's interesting. What do your indigenous students think about this? And so we, we, we took a year to reflect on how could we accomplish both those goals and the Indigenous Circle is the answer that we've come to. Uh, we, we had a, a year-long committee of council that looked at the various options, looked at what other student unions are doing, as well as what places like nonprofits and municipalities are looking at. And we decided an Indigenous Circle is a good way to go. Now, how it's going to work, we don't know yet, because like you said, we haven't met, we haven't met yet. Um, but we got um, plenty of applications from Indigenous students here at, a, at Athabasca University. And thank you so much to those who stepped up. And I'm excited to see when we bring this forward what the what the circle will will give us feedback on, and hopefully that they will find a way to to allow us to facilitate them to bring their concerns to decision makers and bring it to them directly. Yeah, I think that's such a great overview of of this, um, Stacey. We're going to come over to you. You know, we've got basically uh, six individuals uh, for this very first year, uh, which is kind of going to act like a pilot uh, as we start to really solidify what this is going to look like for us here at AUSU. And uh, we've got six amazing members of our Indigenous community that have all stepped forward uh, to be part of this committee. Um, Stacy, from your perspective, uh, why is this important for AUSU to, you know, be a leader in this area? I mean, I, I think it's it, it's been a year of like uh, reflection. I think as a, as a society, we've, we've reflected it's important that we let people um, be able to speak for themselves and have that voice for themselves. And I know that, you know, we are elected representatives and we're supposed to represent the stu- whole student body, but there's a, a real different difference in perspectives that is, is needed. And um, having this Indigenous circle and having that perspective be able to bring forward to our advocacy, even to within AU and, and identifying those barriers um, even the barriers within like learning, um, if you have a different way of knowing, a different way of learning, a different way of, of expressing how you've learned, what you've learned, um, there's different perspectives that are really needed and for us to be able to effectively advocate. And I know also um, there's a lot of opportunities that come our way um, when it comes to um, Indigenous students. And I'm thinking specifically with uh, the Canadian Alliance of Students Associations, they have a uh, they have a national indigenous advisory committee and uh, we're able to appoint um, indigenous student to that committee, but we need to have that, um, that space where we can kind of bring that opportunity forward and, and the indigenous circle can decide whether they want to participate or not. And, and I think having that connection is going to be really important as an organization, as we move forward and we, we look at what can we do to, to be better. And I think that's something every organization needs to reflect on. And I, this is a really positive step towards um, meeting some of those, those goals. Yeah. Yeah. I completely agree. And well said too. I think, you know, I, I love the fact that you've sort of brought in that, uh, 
that casts that element as well. Uh, there's going to be opportunities for uh, a representative from the Indigenous circle to be able to travel and and bring that voice, uh, not only the AU voice, but the Indigenous student voice uh, here at AU to the table as well. And I think that you know, the fact that we're providing some leadership in this way here at AUSU just says uh, volumes to the work that you guys are doing. This is definitely uh, on the forefront of a lot of different uh, organizations and, and people's minds across the country. Uh, and I just love the fact that we're, we're right there at the front. Uh, so I know a lot of the leadership that you're providing within CASA is, is going to help to support whatever that looks like, uh, you know, from an Indigenous perspective. So uh, great job to all of you guys. And I think, you know, when you look back at the year, um, I remember going to a f the first couple of those ad hoc meetings where we're sitting there going, okay, what do we want this to look like? And um, really it was not about coming up with a solution, but more of a framework about how a solution can be developed. Uh, and I really look forward to what the Indigenous Circle is going to be doing here uh, in the near future. And like I said, we're they're meeting for the first time coming up. So um, some fantastic work coming. Um in addition to this, you know, some of the work that we've been doing throughout the summer is really about internal advocacy as well. You know, some of the work that we do with within the senior administration, we meet with them regularly. And I we definitely want to highlight a few of the things that have been coming forward. Stacy, maybe we'll just start with um, compassionate grading. Uh, what is it? And, you know, why is that important, um, you know, coming out of the pandemic right now? Yeah, compassionate grading was something that we started advocating for last year. Um, it's something that other um, universities have implemented because of the pandemic. It's the idea is uh, if you pass a course, but you didn't get that grade of a grade because of whatever is going on in your life. And, and you know, that happens that you're able to take um, a pass credit. And that means that it won't uh, impact your GPA. And that's important for program students at AU because uh if you, if you have a lower GPA, it kind of limits your opportunities into, into grad school programs, for example. And so the idea that um, the compassionate grading system is a way for students to kind of get through those, those hard times that they might be experiencing, but finish their coursework and know that like, they don't need to take that, uh, they don't need to withdraw because they're gonna know they're not gonna get like a A or a B on a course, but they can move forward, finish the course and, and take that option of pass fail and then uh, move forward and not feel that stress. And so that's something that we've been advocating for within AU. We should be hearing in the next couple of weeks if that's going forward. I know it's moving its way through um, the various channels of, of that may be within the university when they make decisions. And the big thing um, that we want to see, though, with compassionate grading is that it's not just applied to uh, a, pan a pandemic response, that it's something that is there permanently to help support students who are, for example, going through uh, a tough time with their mental health. We know that having a or being a student um, is is a is being a student increases your chances of having mental health struggles just by the very nature of university. It's very stressful. Um, it, it, you put a lot of your personal, uh, you, your own personal time and work into a, into a project, and then you get feedback, and it it really can impact your mental health sometimes. And so, the idea of compassionate grading being something that's permanently within AU to help support students in their academic journey, I think is something that's really important. And so, hopefully, we will hear soon what's going on with that. Yeah, absolutely, and such an important endeavor too. Um, the other thing that we've been working on is 
really around uh, kind of a newer topic here at AU. Um, and that's around the consistency of course development, or in this case, uh, course hours as they compare to course credits and the, the length of time that a course uh, is going to be uh, implemented here at AU. Right now, it's a little over the map, depending on what program you're in. Um, and there's a lot of unique elements to this. Um, Stacy, do you want to take the first stab at this and and just kind of describe a little bit about uh, why this is important for us to address here at AU? Yeah, this is, this is another thing that kind of came up last year. I know we were consulted on within AU about the idea of courses going from six months to four months um, in length. And, and my initial reaction was, well, courses need to be doable in four months. As a student on, on a student aid, um, I, I knew that a lot of those courses were really hard to finish in four months because there, were, there was so much work to do. Especially when I've taken courses at other institutions, I kind of have that ability to, to compare and contrast um, course loads. And, and I realized that some of my courses at AU were definitely a lot more uh, work, a lot more hours, a lot more assignments. Mm -hmm. And um, so the idea of why AU had a six month course time was something that was kind of that developed the years of your or when you didn't have the internet and you had to like physically mail your assignments back and forth to your tutor. Also and so known that, as the seventies and eighties. Yeah. <laughs> before, <laughs> before the interwebs. And yeah. so, uh, and so that extra two months was to account for postage. Um, everything was going to Athabasca, which is a pretty remote area. And, and so uh, it's, it kind of felt like that as things moved online and there was that extra wiggle room within courses, um, more content was put onto courses rather than it not be. And, and that's fair enough. If, if you're going to add more content, then there should be more credit awarded for a course. And right now, um, a three credit course, according to AU's website, should have 45 teaching hours. And that means that you usually think for one teaching hour, there's two hours of study time. Um, and those teaching hours should also include things like your exam and your quizzes. And so, it, you know, are some of these courses more than, than, you know, 45 teaching hours plus, you know, was that 90 hours of uh, other work, which is your assignment, your studying, your readings. Yeah. And so that is something that we definitely want to start looking at this fall, collecting data on so we can really kind of get an understanding of what students' courses are looking like and if they are more hours and then really pushing forward on advocacy within AU that they follow their standards when it comes to course credit hours. And if if professors are going to design courses that are more than that uh, that standard, then students should be getting, you know, four or five credits for that course, not just three. Yeah, well articulated because I, what I love about this topic is if you were to go to a brick and mortar school, um, you're basically looking at a 45 hour course that is three credits and it's based over a sort of a four month traditional term. Um, you said it stays. I mean, basically what ends up happening is as an instructor or a professor is developing that course over that term, they're also including their exams. Maybe there's a midterm, maybe there's a final so now that 45 hours is actually more like 40 to 41, you know, maybe 39 uh, hours of actual course work. Uh, and so 
when you start to compare that to some of the different experiences that are happening here at AU, um, you know, suddenly now you've got faculties that are looking at a six month term and filling that six months up with content. Uh, and it's, it's again, going back to uh, equality or just the consistency of, uh, of workload and credit load uh, that students are earning as they're completing these courses. So I, I love this initiative. I, I think we're the initial feeling that we're getting now that we're communicating and bringing this to the surface, uh, it seems pretty positive. Um, obviously, I, nothing happens overnight uh, within a university environment, but uh, definitely a topic that we're going to keep going here. And uh, at the end of the day, I think it's going to serve students a great deal. You know, the one thing that I've noticed as well, though, is, and this is especially at AU, like the reason equitable course content is so important because um, I guess it's a little hard to plan semesters ahead. You don't know if the course is going to be, you know, a little less content heavy or more content heavy. And especially for students who might be in the workforce or taking care of dependents, something like that matters because. Yeah, great point. All of a sudden, yeah, you, you don't have time. You can't just sit down and do extra work because you honestly don't have those hours in the day. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. And, and I, I was, I kind of can add on to that as well. Um, you know, it's something that we see a lot on our, you know, our uh, app. It's just people asking about course extensions. And, and, you know, I think there's a lot of students who maybe feel like they failed because they were able to finish that course that four, you know, in that four month time. And all of a sudden now their funding is impacted for their next semester. And, and I really want to know, like, is it because they didn't, you know, maybe they didn't put enough time into the course, but it, is it that the course was just not a doable amount of time in four months when you have four to five other classes or no? three to four other classes. So I, I think that's something that really needs to be considered within AU, you know, that program student experience um, that, you know, you're in four to five classes. If, if things are designed for six months, but you're supposed to do it in four months, all of a sudden you've got so much extra time, you're, you're or so much extra content you're trying to cram into that uh, amount of time. Mm-hmm. And, and I've, I've gone down to the wire with AU courses, which meant I didn't have a ton of time to study. And, and that's something that needs to be um, considered. You know, you should have at least a week before a final to study. But if you're you're trying to do a six month course in four months, you just you just don't. Yeah, you just simply run out of time. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Great points, you guys. Love it. Um, on kind of sticking on this thread here uh, with a lot of the advocacy that we have within the university is about tuition as well. And um, Natalia, I'm going to come over to you real quick here. You know, um, we're currently in the middle of a three-year plan, I guess, where uh, the Alberta provincial government has opened up an opportunity for institutions to look at three years of 7% increases to tuition and fees. Uh, Year one, uh, that was 7% here at AU. We're about to begin on September 1st uh, is year two of that increase, which is actually going to be 5%. Um, really proud moment as well, because a lot of the work that we've been doing with AU uh, made sure that it wasn't a full seven. And so nobody wants to see a 5% increase uh, on tuition and fees. Uh, however, if you would compare us to a lot of the other Alberta institutions, they all got seven and we got five. So uh, we do count that as a win uh, here at AUSU. Uh, but we're in the middle of consultations right now for what will the increase be in fall of 2022. 
So um, lots of consultations are happening internally, but uh, Natalia, I just want to come to you and just kind of get your thoughts on the overall process and sort of where we're at. Yeah, just to echo, um, we have been in consultation with AU about tuition increases, and um, we're hoping that we can bring the student voice and student concerns into that conversation. Um, you know, as students ourselves, we were obviously disappointed to see any sort of increase, but we feel that um, our advocacy did pay off in a small way, um, like you stated, um, in comparison to other post-secondary institutions who received much higher tuition increases, AU did receive the lowest. That said, um, we're aware that any sort of increase detrimentally affects students, including um, the very decision to continue pursuing their degree or even beginning one, um, especially, you know, right now it's a pretty difficult socioeconomic climate, um, especially for equity seeking students. So um, we're, we're going to keep continuing to advocate against tuition increases. Yeah, thanks for that. Uh, you know, the words that we tend to use a lot are affordability and predictability. Um, Stacy, did you want to chime in on any of this topic? Yeah, no, I, I think uh, Natalia did a wonderful job of kind of explaining where we're at. And I, I think it's just the idea that for me, it's it's being able to, you know, you start that journey of uh your, your post-secondary career and being able to just understand what it's going to cost you um, from beginning to end. And, and when there's like big um, increases in tuition or fee increases or fee changes, it's hard for you to really uh, be able to know what that's going to look like at the end. And it should be something that when a student starts their academic journey, they know exactly what it's going to cost them. And, and that's something that we would like to, to see AU um, can start to do, continue to do to make sure that, you know, when students start that program, they know exactly what it's going to cost them and there's no hidden fees or unexpected fees. Yeah, absolutely. Um, Duncan, I want to get your take on this as well. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, obviously we've, we've seen lots of, uh, times throughout our, uh, professional careers of kind of walking students through these tuition increases and, and, what uh, what priorities are in play at different times? Uh, what comes what comes to your mind when you think about uh, what we've been experiencing over the last uh, well, couple of the years, three year, the yeah. three year, but definitely over the last couple. I mean, a lot of my thoughts go to those out of province students. Um, Athabasca University is one of the only institutions in all of Canada where someone from Saskatchewan or someone from Ontario is charged a different rate than someone from the home province of that institution. In this case, it's Alberta. Athabasca University might serve students all across Canada, but it does have a very minor footprint in Alberta, but also importantly, it gets uh, funding from the government of Alberta. I don't think a lot of people know, though, that our out-of-province students pay a premium in order to be an Athabasca University student. So when tuition yeah. is going up by 7% or 5%, someone who's paying substantially more than other other Canadian citizens... Like, they really feel it. And that's something we hear time and time again from our out-of-province students is that worry that um, they're being forgotten about in these conversations, that they that we need to make sure that the decision-makers know that those tuition increases have an even bigger effect on them because they're already paying such a, such a larger base amount. I mean, the, you guys have definitely captured it. What's really important to students is that, that tuition is affordable and predictable, that you can plan your whole degree out and it's not going to go up by a dramatic amount 
um, you know, in, in year three of your program. And, and it is challenging in these environments where we see governments and the university trying to decide, you know, basically how much money can they extract from students in any given year. Our students would rather that it was, you know, relatively straightforward and they could plan and they could look at their savings or determine whether or not they needed student financial aid and, and progress relatively streamlined. It, it can be frustrating for those students who you know, let's say they, they entered Athabasca University in 2019 having no idea that the powers that be were planning on a 7% increase followed by a 5% increase, followed by who knows what's going to happen in uh, 2022. We we wish it was more straightforward. We wish it was more clear. And, and we wish it was more tied to how much can students afford rather than how much can you take out of them? Yeah, great points. Absolutely great points. You know what, folks, uh, really appreciate you hanging out with us uh, today. And, and Stacy, Natalia, uh, Duncan, thanks for being here. You know, we've covered a lot of different topics today, uh, but I think what we've determined is that there's a lot on the go here at AUSU, uh, and we cover a breadth of topics um, everywhere from uh, EDI to the Indigenous Circle to some of the programs and services that we're offering, uh, and as well to what might be coming up, which is... Uh, we've got a federal election that's been announced and uh, mm-hmm. there's a lot going to be happening here in September uh, with regards to that, uh, with a lot of the get out the vote campaign uh, activities that we're going to have. Um, Stacy, Natalia, what um, what do you look forward to when you, uh, you know, we're basically down to about four and a half weeks before we're going to have a federal election and, and that get out the vote campaign. Uh, what do you look forward to there? I think for me, um, I'm, I'm excited for the, the, bingo watch party we're hosting I, oh, yes. I think it'll be interesting yeah like i hope i hope we have a moment like the american election with the fly um i really <laughs> do hope that we have one of those iconic moments in our leaders debate but i that's something that i'm i'm looking forward to i think it'll be fun and i hope everyone listening comes and joins us yes absolutely september 9th uh, we're going to be hosting our ausu nights event that night and then having the watch party uh right after that so uh uh, I, I agree with you, Stace. I think that's going to be a lot of fun as well. Natalia, anything uh, from your perspective when you when you think about some of the things that are going to be happening in September? I'm a political science minor, so I, I'm very excited <laughs> about it. And I know that's not the majority of people. And, you know, just, you know, voting is important. And our vice president external, um, Karen Fletcher, has taken the lead on um, planning this and there's a lot of really great contests a lot of um, e- events um, like Stacy mentioned and then just a lot of information you know for students who may not be familiar with the voting process or may face additional barriers so just a lot of fun stuff but a lot of information and yeah pretty excited about it yeah absolutely well, I would hope that a lot of our listeners stay, uh, stay tuned for, uh, for some of those additional activities and uh, engagement opportunities coming up uh, later on in September. Lots on the go. And uh, also keep in mind, too, uh, September 30th, uh, National Truth and Reconciliation Day. You know, So um, we have a lot happening in September, and uh, you're going to be seeing a lot more information being shared throughout our social media channels. And uh, so stay tuned through our newsletter and a number of other uh, ways such as our website. So um, 
thanks again, guys. Uh, really great to have you here and great conversation. And yeah, it's always it's always fun being on the podcast. So until <laughs> next time, <laughs> thank you for having us. And thanks, Dunk. Uh, always great to have you join us and uh, of to bring your in- insight to a lot of these topics and uh, a lot of the great work that you're doing as well. So uh, thanks, you guys. And uh, for all you listeners, thanks for joining us on another episode of AUSU Open Mic. Have a good one.